0: hear
1: Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This is your house, Lord. Lord, we've seen miracles, we've seen your works, we've seen your wonders, Lord Jesus, and we're asking you to do that again, Lord.
2: Yeah. Well, this morning, you're going going to be blessed. A couple weeks ago, we were, um, Lizzie had called and said, Bonnie had asked for us to come over to the house. And. Cheryl wanted to talk to us, and, and um, so Debbie and I went that afternoon, and, and it was just an awesome, awesome time with our sister and um, just to, to watch, and I'm not going to say a bunch because I want Lizzie to share, and I don't want to steal anything from her. But I saw a side of Cheryl that I've never seen. She was a very reserved, elegant lady that um, didn't say a whole lot, all she said to me was, most of the time, she would come in the sanctuary up there and we would be practicing or whatever, getting ready for the service, and she'd walk down the side aisle and I said, what you been doing? She said, I parked the car. That was her favorite saying to me. She was from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I parked the car. So I walked in her room that afternoon. I said, Cheryl, she said, yes, I parked the car. <laughs> but I watched her worship. I watched her through the pain and through all that she was going through. I watched her Raise her hands in worship and sing. Just sung just about every word to the song. And um, it was just an awesome day. And then from that forward, um, there was just stuff that she was sharing. And Lizzie would call me and tell me. and, And I just told Lizzie, I said, the morning of her, you know, the night where we're going to honor her, I said, I just want you to share some of that with the congregation because they really need to hear that. And um, so, would you, Auburn Heights, make our sister welcome this morning?
1: Bonnie, where yet? There she is. The real hero here is Bonnie. I watched Bonnie do things for her mother that we've all said, oh, I could never do that. You know, when you're taking care of a, a very sick hospice patient, there's just things that have to be done. And I watched her swab her mouth and chapstick her and we changed her diaper and, um, you know, dressing her. And I, would, and I would watch Bonnie like lean over her mama and she'd say, I love you, mama. I love you, mom, constantly. And Cheryl would say, I love you too. I love you, I love you, I love you. It was a very powerful, um, I would say two to three weeks. It's, it's, it was, it's, it's almost surreal in a way. But um, New Year's Eve, um, she'd gotten home that Monday, Tuesday night. Bonnie showed her the movie Overcomer. I personally hadn't seen it, but she showed it to her. And and something happened between Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, New Year's Day. And um, the shift happened. Um, she began actively dying, I guess, is what you would call it. And um, she was screaming. She was panicking. She was afraid. she was She was just kind of going crazy, I guess is how we would term it. And Bonnie called me. She said, Something's going on with mom. I, I, the hospice nurse is coming, da 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 Anyway. So by the time I got there, um, she had had a little bit of medication and was, was much calmer, but I was sitting there. And I, when I walked in and looked at her, the, the difference was unreal from the Cheryl I saw two days before. You know, she was still eating a little bit, like, you know, drinking her broth. I mean, she was just laying there, and her hands were kind of weird, and she was reaching out and just very odd. And um, at one point, I was with her by myself when I first got there. Bonnie Dissant with the children, and, and she was kind of still talking. And, um, and she was kind of, she kept doing this, and she would look up, and she would look, and I'm like, Cheryl, what are you seeing? She said, the angels. And I'm like, what do they look like? She said, well, there's one, two, three. She was counting them out. She said, there's seven angels over here, and they're in gold. And she said, and their hands are like this. She said, they're just standing there watching me. And she said, and there's a real big one at the door. And then there's three small ones and one medium one. (laughs) It's kind of comical. And they were in purple and fuchsia. And she said, and they have blonde hair. I'm like, yes, they have bleach in heaven. <laughs> yes, that's a good thing. <laughs> but they have blonde hair. And she said they were metallic looking. And she said, I said, what are they doing? And he said, well, he's just saying, they had their arms like this, just, just looking at me. She said, there's one over the closet door up there too. And of course me, I'm going, I'm looking at, I'm like, I, don't, I ain't even feeling nothing, you know. But I'm looking around and, and then she says to me, she's looking over at the door and she said, the big angel just told me that you and Bonnie and the boys are going to be okay. I said, yes, ma'am, we are. We are going to be okay. We are going to make it through this. And um, I said, Cheryl, sure, we're tired of seeing you suffer. We really are. We're, this this just this isn't a good situation. You're suffering, you know. And, and it's okay if you go. It's, it's just okay. And then she starts chatting again, but she's on the other side of the room this time. And and I'm just sitting there looking at her, and I said, and she's mumbling this time. She's not even, you know, she's, you know. I said, Cheryl, who are you talking to? She went, Jesus. I said, okay, you know, and so she continues this little conversation. And um, I finally, I said, Cheryl, what is he saying to you? She, she said, he said, it's not quite time. It's not quite time for me to go. I said, I said okay, that's good, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say this. And she's sitting there, and she's having this conversation, and she said, did I cuss? And I said, no, ma'am, you have not cussed. <laughs> was, where that came from, Cheryl wasn't a cusser, I don't know where that came from. But, but you know, in all of the grief, there's humor. they just, you have to look at it that way. But Ronnie and Debbie did come, and, and, and she wanted to hear this, you know, she wanted the song played from that movie, and I didn't know what it was, I hadn't seen it. And Bonnie puts it on, and it's the You Say by Lauren Daigle. And it was, when it got to that chorus, now now, mind you, this angel and her seeing all this happened before Rodney and Debbie got there. And in my mind, when this was happening, you know, her hands went up, and they stayed up during that whole song, and she was singing the words... And poor Debbie I didn't think Debbie was gonna make it through. <laughs> she she was sobbing, Rodney was crying, Roy was crying, and I'm just sitting there like there's angels in the room and she's worshiping with them. What would that be like if you could physically see angels and you're worshiping? It changed Cheryl's worship. It changed her worship. She was always like, she loved to sing. I think she was in the choir at one time. Loved to sing, but very, and not that you have to be loud and, and raise your hands to be a worshiper. You don't. That's not about that. But when she had the realization that there were angels in the room, it changed the situation. And then as she was singing those words, and I had watched even before Rodney got there, then through that day, and I spent the night there that night, and the next morning, and in the, the next few days and and I watched bonnie care for her mother now understand we're, we're gonna be authentic here okay cheryl was sugar and spice and everything nice you understand what I'm saying she could love but she could snap too you know she's a mama and um of course cheryl and bonnie lived together yeah, could you imagine live with your daughter 24 hours a day so but they loved each other you know what I'm saying and um but there was no more of that. There was so much tenderness coming out of Bonnie. I was jealous. I'm like, why can't I be tender like that? <laughs> why, I, I want to be like Bonnie is, Lord. She is so giving of her, everything she had in her, she was pouring into her mother. And as I watched this whole situation, and then through the days that I spoke to Cheryl again, it was about a week later, I, I was with her by myself on a Wednesday. I said, well, Cheryl... I said is Jesus saying anything to you are you still seeing the yeah they're right there you know she's just can't understand why I can't see them but but she said she said the Lord she said Jesus said it's almost time it's 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 time for me to go I said yes ma'am you're in pain and you're suffering and it's good it's a good thing I said and all believers are escorted into heaven. Even if you die in a room by yourself, you're not alone. You are escorted into the presence of the Lord. Whether it's angels, Jesus himself, or maybe it's a family member. I've heard all kind of things. I've seen it. I know. Death is extremely uneventful. Birth is like whack. Death is like, mm. I mean, it's just like, even that night, you know, Bonnie, I ran there. And I was like, is she breathing? Is she Okay, no, she's breathing. Okay, okay, okay oh, no, she's not, wait, wait, you know, it was just back and forth because they stopped breathing, you know. And when she, I must tell you, <laughs> and it was me, Bonnie, and Rory in there. And she's laying there and, you know, she'd quit breathing, start breathing, or whatever. So like 15, 20 seconds goes by and she's not breathing. I'm like, Bonnie, I, I think she's quit breathing. I, I think she's gone. And um, so we get up next to her in the bed and Bonnie's there and she places her hand on her mom's chest and I had my hand up by her mouth to see if I could feel breath. She's like, yeah, I think she's gone. And that woman took a breath. And I am telling you, <laughs> we about came unglued. It was like, oh, she's alive, she's alive, and it was it was very comical. But about two to three minutes later, she passed. But she passed on September four, I mean January fourteenth at eight twenty five. Um, I love numbers and um. The very first time I got a hold of a number was the number 13. I was with Sherry Hall. We were somewhere. And the number 13 kept popping up everywhere we went. It was crazy. And um, Cheryl's sister died January the 13th, five years to the day of the year that she was diagnosed with the same cancer. It's crazy. The number 13 means things that you have prayed for for a long time, you're going to see them come into fruition. Your prayers will be answered, and that comes from the Bible And um, with Sarah and Abraham when she became pregnant. It was 13 years from the time that the angel told her before she had that baby. It's 13 years, and then, you know, she died on the 13th. Well, this last stint with hospice, we get over there, and she's in room 13. I'm like, oh, man. Her sister died on the 13th. She's in room, th- oh, she's going to die on the 13th. I just know she is. Oh, man, which is fine, you know. Well, the thirteenth came and went, and she died on the fourteenth. So you know me, I gotta look it up. The number fourteenth represents salvation and rescue. Isn't that amazing? Cheryl had her own day, but on the thirteenth, though, I thought about this things. I thought about what are the things that Cheryl would have prayed for for a long time that she would have wanted to see coming to fruition. You think about all you mamas, what you pray for, for your children and your grandchildren. I'm going to tell you, she was Grammy. She loved these boys, Trevor and Taylor. She loved you very much. You Don't you know that, Taylor? I know, buddy. <laughs> but I thought about so much. and I, Some of the things I've seen that happened those two weeks spiritually, I think are things that she had prayed for for a long time. Cheryl lost four children. Bonnie is her only living child left. But think if you'd lost four children, a husband. Her sister died five years prior. Her mom and dad were gone. She experienced a lot of death. But in her, in this death situation here, there was more life coming out of her than I'd ever seen in all the years that I've known her. She... um. I don't know how to explain it to you. She had so much tragedy that she had walls up. She lived with a lot of shame and guilt and I think regret and anxiety and some fear because of all that had happened to her, even through her young life and just things that happened. She just, she had to deal with a lot of that and she didn't know how to deal with it. Um, She was faithful to church but sometimes we, we block ourselves in and we, we wall ourselves up because it's just, it's so hard to deal with emotions. It's hard to admit, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of anxiety or I've got this because you always think something's wrong with you, but it's like Caleb Hill says, it's okay to be broken. <laughs> it just is, we all are. It's a part of the process. By the time Cheryl passed from this life, she knew that she was loved She finally understood that. She was so afraid to die and angry before this all happened. She just, she got very belligerent with the nurse that said, you need to think about quality instead of quantity. And she was like, how dare she say that to me? Can you believe she? I'm like, I would like to say that to you too, ma'am, but I'm not going to. But she just, she was on chemo for four straight years. And she fought for those three up there. That's what she fought for. She did everything she could to make sure she could be here as long as possible. I think after about a year with what she went through, I don't know that I would have had any more chemo personally. I don't know you don't know what you do if you're in that situation, of course. But when she passed, she knew she was loved. She knew she'd been adopted. She knew she was new. She knew she, she was free. She she was I can't explain to you the difference in her. It, oh God, Rodney, she loved you so much. Every time Rodney would go out of town, he'd say, she'd say to me, is Rodney going out on the range to be the preacher cowboy? (laughs) I was like, yes, ma'am, he's going to grow harder. He's going to be, you know, she loved you, Rodney. Rodney always honored her and she just had a deep love for him. But in this week also, you know, you're not gonna get by without getting some word from me. So I'm gonna just read a little bit of scripture to you. And this is all gonna tie in in just a minute. So just bear with me here. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, me, the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Wouldn't you like Jesus to ask you that? My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Thursday morning, my personal Bible study, we were on another thing we were reading, but she just touched on um, this story about blind Bartimaeus and the Jericho thing. And I'm like, I know that story, but I'm just going to go back and read it. And I was reading that, and I was like, I remembered the story, but I was like, you know, Lord, It's like when Cheryl was laying there that first day, when it all first started happening, she was seeing angels. She sees them here, there, they're all over her room. She's speaking personally with Jesus. I mean, he he was physically there with her, speaking to her. You you don't believe it, it's okay. I do, I was there, I saw it. She could see him. And I wonder, after watching Overcomer that night when she watched it, into the next day did she say Jesus I want to see I want to see what it is that's holding me back I want to see what it is that's causing me this guilt and this shame and this anxiety and pain I want to see it I think Jesus said Cheryl what do you want me to do for you I don't think she asked to be healed well, Jesus heal me so I can stay here long. I don't. I don't think so. I think once you get a glimpse and a taste of heaven, and we should all be heavenly minded. We're all going. We're all going. And I guarantee you, Cheryl Thornton, after she got there and saw her four children and my dad and 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 her aunt and her sister Karen and her parents, the first person she looked for was Steve Irwin, that Australian guy. The oh my gosh, I'm. T- Am I not right, Bonnie? Crikey! That's what you said. She loves Steve Irwin. She likes Doctor Poe and all the. I mean, I'm poor Steve Irwin. She's talking his ears off, you know. And they both got accents, and I can't imagine how that goes. But I lost my train of thought. But (laughs) but in all seriousness, as I thought about it, um, it was uh, Monday. We were at hospice with her, and Bonnie and I were there. And Cheryl said something so profound that was so hilarious. And I've chewed on it for a week. So Bonnie and I were fixing to leave. She was going to help me run an errand. And um, and Bonnie, just how she is with her mama, just tending to her and you know, just taking care of her. She said, Mama, are you in pain? Because she was wincing. And Cheryl pops back, No, are you? And we just laughed. It was like, Yeah, there goes Cheryl. That's her, you know, she's feeling better, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought, man. Cheryl is not, she wasn't in pain. And I ain't talking about physical. She was so freed from all the bondage that she never knew how to get out of before this situation happened to her. And I'm not saying she's, oh, well, she wasn't spiritual enough. It's not about that. It's not about that. We all have our journey. We all have our walk. And even for Bonnie and I, we, we had very difficult childhoods. You know, but like like Sherry Hall, it just floors me. She loved her daddy, but I can't minister to anybody she can minister to. But you've had a rough childhood, you come talk to me and I can tell you about forgiveness. I can tell you how to say, I know you can't forgive that person, but you can go to your heavenly father and say, Jesus, I cannot forgive him. I need you to do it for me. Because I can in my own strength. I need you to change my heart. I need you to come in and transform my way of thinking and everything I've ever thought about myself to be able to do this. You cannot do it on your own strength. I tried for years. I've been in the thing where you put the chair in the room and you act like your dad's there and you talk. I'm, I'm, I've wrote letters and I went to counseling and Gail, you know what I'm talking about. I did everything until I did that. I didn't know you could do that. I did not know that you could ask Jesus stuff like that because it didn't make sense to me but that's what he's there for. He wants all of us to see. He wants all of us to have ears to hear what the spirit is saying to this church. That's what he desires for all of us to have. He don't care if you got a new car. He don't care about your clothes. I went and spent $300 at a clothing store last night and didn't wear none of it this morning. I was like, yeah, it's just crazy. I'm like, I'm taking it all back. He doesn't care about none of that. He just doesn't. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I gotta have something black to wear. You know, it's just funny. Um, But you hear what I'm saying. Cheryl experienced something. Her experience changed my life forever. I have never had so much compassion now for sick people. I never knew how important it was to send a meal to a house. I'm like, I, I think I did it once or twice, but I'm like, man, I mean, we had chili and we had spaghetti and lasagna and ham and hash brown casserole. I'm telling you, we ate like kings, but we needed it. We were tired. Bonnie was exhausted and it, it, and it was, t- she'd have quit her job during this time. I'm telling y'all, Bonnie, you're a hero. I'm so proud of you, Bonnie. I don't mean to make you cry. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, man. And I can hear Cheryl in heaven telling everybody, let me tell you about my daughter, Bonnie. Let me tell you about Taylor, my loving, sweet grandson. Let me tell you about Trevor and how he plays the clarinet. Let me tell you. Everybody's sick of hearing about y'all in heaven, I'm, except Steve Irwin, of course, but they are. They're so proud of you, Bonnie. You did so good, and I'm just... Man, I'm just, I just—I feel honored to have been a part of it. And even for Bonnie and I, our relationship's just wonderful and it's just been such a journey. But just know, just ask the Lord to give you eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you and to this church. It's important. It's very important. You can't do it on your own. You can, you can struggle and, you know... It's just there's no point in doing it. Just surrender and give them and say Jesus. I cannot do this anymore. I need you to do it for me, and then you just walk it out. It's that easy. Sherry and I was talking about. It's so simple. Christianity is so simple. We make it so difficult, and I think Cheryl made it difficult. I really, I really do. Up until the end there. And, and just the freedom that she experienced th- those last couple of weeks, and you know, and that's the whole reason for the movie tonight. I, uh, my sister loaned it to me about a week after all this happened, um, that um, New Year's Day, whatever. And Roy and I sat and watched it. And by the end, I mean, me and Roy were just, oh, we were sharing tissue, and he's like, "It's so touching." <laughs> it's he's just you wouldn't know Roy cries, but he, he he's he's a good crier, but. <laughs> yes, he's married to me. Trust me, he cries a lot. But, uh, but <laughs> don't you, babe? But um, but the movie's powerful, and the message in that movie is what Cheryl realized New Year's Eve night watching it. It finally sunk in. But hallelujah, it did before she passed from this life. We are not alone. And I've even, this morning, just sitting back there, I'm like, Lord, where are the angels at in here? Especially when you're in the balcony, you can really see good. I'm like, I bet they're hanging off those pipes. And you know, they're sitting on top of this. They're all here. Oh, my goodness. And they're just everywhere. And Father, just release them, Lord. Release your angels in this place to to minister to every heart that is broken and those that are confused and hurting and have bitterness and anger and anxiety and fear, whatever it is, Lord, that you would release your angels to each person in this house, Lord God. Father, and I do pray that we would have a heart to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying, Lord God. Father, don't let us miss you. Father, don't let our, our thoughts get in the way and, and, and our ideas, Lord God. Father, just every day, just let us be new and, and put you on the throne and put our flesh as a slave, Lord God. Father, I just thank you that there's healing and that there is hope. Even in death, life comes from it. Hope always comes from death, Lord God. I love you so much, Lord. And I thank you that Cheryl got to be my stepmom. I thank you that I was able to receive her as a stepmother. It took a long time, Lord. But thank you for the relationship that we had and her, and her crazy ways and her accent and just all the fun that we had. And, and Father, I just pray over her friends that are, are really missing her, They're her little group, Lord, God. Mm, I just pray a special blessing over them, Lord. Father, we love you and we all praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: So good. I want to read something to you. Um, then we'll go home. There'll be ministry team available after after we dismiss, and if you need prayer, if there's something, um, I know Lizzie will be glad to hang around and pray over you if you'd like for her to, but the, the ministry team will be here, and, and I know a couple have asked to get prayer right after church, and we'll be glad to do that. Please hang around and and um, when we dismiss, we'll just meet up front here, and we'll bless you and love on you. But um, someone gave a word, and I want to just want to share it. Um, it was uh, originally um, Lizzie to you, but um, in the conversation, it was like it's just a good word for the church, and not only for Lizzie but for our church. And and we all agreed on that when the word. And um, so I just want to read that this morning to you, and we'll close with this and. Um, God says, 2020, you can see clearly now that the rain is gone. This was a good rain like spring rain. Roots were watered and much harvest is coming forth from this for you and your household. Now, you can receive this if you want to. Okay? It's, it's a word given from the Father. Okay? You say, well, who gave it? The, the Lord gave it. Okay? So, um, so you can receive it. And I, I'm receiving it because I, 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 I'm I'm glad my roots were watered, yes. and I'm claiming much harvest from. You know, there's been enough. There's been enough stuff. Amen. There's been enough stuff go on in this house, and it's time to see some fruit. Yes. It's time to see some harvest. It's time to see something other than heartache. And we go through that. We understand that in this life. We understand that. But I'm receiving this word for this household and for my sister too, my two sisters. The things that you have contended for through the years, the Lord says, have grown in his hands and are now being released on your behalf. And I love that line right there. He's He's been taking care of it. But now he's going to release it on your behalf. Your garden is named glory because like King Jesus to his government, there is no end. And the harvest of this rain will never end. Glory to God. You are faithful in the eyes of God and he trusts you. Today, all areas are of yours are being elevated and intensified. Grace is being poured out, leaving a tangible residue. Lord, let the residue of your sweet Holy Spirit just lay over this place. Lord, we're believing you for healings. We believe in you for miracles. We're believing you to be you. The intentionality of relationships have not gone unnoticed in heaven. And because of that, God is creating abilities that flow as natural as your breathing to go deep in relationships. Trust is being placed upon you as a swaddle. Your ability to trust not only God but His children is your bread for this season. Discipline is increasing and intertwining with self-love and respect. You are the most important to you during this season. And that is not a suggestion but an order of love from Papa. Grace will accompany this word to the measure of fulfillment. You are seen and you are known. I think that goes right on with what, with the the word you are seen, blind Bartimaeus. You've been seen, amen, yeah. You are known and you are loved. Stand together. Holy Spirit, only you, you take this, you take everything we've heard this morning, you take this word, Father, And in the name of Jesus, bring it forth. Bring it forth over this body. This body has sown for many years, not just in the last few years. This body has sown and this body has walked in many valleys and in many hilltops. And Lord, we continue our journey this morning. And in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the life of Cheryl Thornton. And I thank you for so many that she touched. And God, I want to praise you that in those last days, those last weeks, that, Father, she understood you as father. She began a relationship that she had never experienced. And, Father, I, just, I speak that over us today, that, Father, we would get rid of our religiosity or whatever we have. As we talked about on Wednesday night, whatever's in our ditch that's trying to clog up the flow of the Holy Spirit through this place, that, Father, we would recognize that. And, Father, we would get along with you and allow you to do do work in our life. Because, Father, we want to be all that you've called us to be. And we want to experience the fullness in this house, Father. We want to experience the fullness of our Father, of who we really are and who you really are. So Lord, I release that. I release this word. I release everything that Lizzie said into this house today. Lord, let this be a a, a high watermark for somebody. That today, I took my sister's example. A lady of elegance. A lady that loved. And I realized I'm doing the same thing that, that Cheryl done. And today, Father. Today I release. I want to be who you called me to be. I want to be who you ordained me to be. Who you formed me in my mother's womb. This is who I am. And I want to be real. And I want to be me. I want to be authentic. Father we bless you. We thank you. We honor you this day. In Jesus name.